0: This is episode 70 with You're a Badass and You're a Badass at Making Money, author Jen Sincero. Welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living, an adventure podcast presented by REI Co op, the brand who helps get you outside through gear, classes, and adventures. We talk to experts who have taken a wild idea and made it a reality so you can too. From people who have climbed the tallest peaks, started thriving businesses, and even broken records, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. I'm your host, Shelby Stanger, and I hope you enjoy this show. We've done a few shows now about tactics on how to find the career you love and make the life and money you want. They seem to be incredibly popular, which is why I’m so excited to have on one of my favorite authors ever whose books I might just gift more than others, Jen Sinchero on today’s show. The author of the best-selling books, "You Are a Badass and You are a Badass at Making Money," Jen’s done everything from starting a punk band to traveling around the world and penning number one New York Times bestsellers multiple times. She's got a great no BS approach that I find very real and very helpful. We talk about how to live more wildly, how to make more money, fears and hangups about money and creating the life you want, how to get out of your own way, tactics to be more badass, and where to start today. She has awesome advice, a great sense of humor, and she even loves the outdoors. I'd listen to this one until the end. Enjoy. Enjoy. Jen, welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. We are in the dolphin room at the Surf Diva Surf School before her book signing at Warwick's in San Diego. So stoked. I want to start with the outdoors. I know we're going to talk about being a badass and how to live more wildly, but I know you hike and love the outdoors. So do you use hiking and the outdoors to just be more badass in your life?
1: Oh yeah, it's my church. And, you know, especially when I can't think of something to write or I'm I'm stuck on an idea, getting off my butt and out into Mother Nature and just hiking and using my body and seeing the space is just the best medicine ever. Where do you hike? Oh, my gosh. Well, honestly, I think my favorite place on Earth that I've been is Utah, like southeast Utah, Grand Staircase Escalante area. I just love it. It's like going to the moon oh that's awesome and you yeah. live in New
0: Mexico which is probably an awesome place to do outdoor activities yeah have
1: you ever been there no
0: well, wait you once girl. on the warp tour
1: yeah okay Good. so no it doesn't count okay so so yeah what do you do there well, there's a lot that Santa Fe has. A lot of mountains. The thing I love about Santa Fe is there's lots of deserty area. I really, I really am a desert rat. But uh, you also get the mountains and streams and all that. So there's all different oh, kinds desert of stuff. Rat. Yeah. So do you write while you hike or walk ever, like in your head? Um, sometimes, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's helpful to just be moving. Sometimes you can unravel an idea easier when you're in motion than when you're trapped at the desk and um, weeping <laughs> you're, you're six foot how tall six
0: one so we were just talking about how you love brands that make inseams and in pants for tall people yeah which is cool that's actually a big initiative of rei is to make extended sizes for
1: tall people R-E-I. bigger people <laughs> rock on it it's about time it's been it's been a very um yeah floody pant situation for me my whole life <laughs> you know floods. so what do you do I look really bad <laughs> or I wear men's pants that don't look good. So yeah. interesting. I know. So I want to get
0: into living more badass, which is to me living more wildly. For me, I started this podcast because, you know, I was afraid of certain things and listening to other people get over their fear helped me get over mine. And I think one of the biggest things listeners say is, you know, what's keeping them from living wildly or being more badass is self-doubt and fear these two just keep coming up. Do you have advice? I know you have advice. Can you maybe share with us some advice on getting over, you know, these two things, self-doubt and fear?
1: Something that really, and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, <laughs> but... Well, you look really young, by well, the way. thank you. But when you really remember that you've only got one go-round on this earth, like, and it goes so fast, if you can sort of stay attached to that and be like, what do you really have to lose? You know, why not go for it and why not go for it right now instead of pretending that it needs to be perfect or that you're not good enough or that you're going to fail or it's going to be too expensive. Like going for it is so much more fun than not going for it. And that's how you feel really alive is when you take those big leaps and those big risks. And that's why we're here. Can you share one of your stories of when you were just terrified, but you went for it anyway and it paid off? The one that I actually write about in You Are Badass at Making Money that was like the just most terrifying was when I hired a coach when I was just broke, living in a garage in my 40s, clueless about what I wanted to do with my life. And I started studying money and started going to money-making seminars and I met this woman who helped people, women entrepreneurs specifically, get over their financial crap and she, I liked her so much and we got along so well and she had totally walked her talk and then she told me her price and it was literally like, I don't even know, like a, a quarter of my annual income at the time and I hired her anyway. I put it on a credit card. Terrifying. Oh my gosh. I, I really, I think I threw up right after I paid her.
0: Yeah. Part of living wildly is having the means to pay it off. And you've become an expert on making money. So we actually just did an episode with Liz Frugalwoods, who wrote about achieving financial independence and being able to retire early by living more simply and being extremely frugal. But I've always liked your approach, which was, you know, put yourself out there and make the money you want.
1: Personally, I find that way more fun than living frugally and (laughs) and not, you know, not that I need a bench and a yacht, but money, money brings options and freedom. That's really all it does. And who doesn't want that? So there's a lot of hangups around money. Like, what do you hear most often? Oh, you know, that money is the root of all evil and that you're going to have to do stuff you hate to make money. You can't make money doing what you love. You're going to have to work really hard you know, only morally bankrupt people focus on making money, stuff like that.
0: Well, yeah, I I actually did want to talk about that because there's this big thing in our world. If you do what you love, the money will come. But that just hasn't always been the case. You know, in our world, there's also a lot of people who are sponsored athletes and, you know, whether they get paid to surf like guys like Rob Machado or they get paid to climb Yosemite like Alex Honnold Or maybe they're just an influencer and they get paid to just post on Instagram or YouTube, but we can't all be influencers or pro surfers or pro climbers. So I guess I'm a little unclear about this. You know, do what you
1: love and the money will come. I think the big piece missing from that phrase, I mean, do what you love and you have a really good hobby. Do what you love, figure out a viable income stream with it. And you get to make money with it. Like you've got, the thing is, is that people are so weird about focusing on income streams and money because it means you're a sellout, right? Like you're you're a great surfer and then you're focused on making money and everybody's like, well, you know, that there's so much judgment on that. So Mm -hmm. not having judgment about the fact that, yeah, you know what, I'm going to get as stinking rich as I feel like it and I'm going to do what I love and I'm going to have a really fun time doing it
0: yeah and I think in our world we've kind of glorified this opposing side to the sellout, which is like living in your van and mm-hmm. having to eat top ramen right so you can climb in Yosemite every day, which is awesome, and I'm not judging that but but how do we how do we learn to like accept that money actually allows you to not only have a good life but to help others?
1: You have to want to to do it. First of all, you know, a lot of people love to be right about the fact that money is bad and that, you know, people, rich people are awful. And, you know, certainly there are awful rich people, but there's some awful poor people, you know, it's, it's about, first of all, the desire to let go of all that judgment and to shift your focus on it. And, um, you know, one of the best ways is to hang out with people who have a really healthy relationship with money. Cause if mm-hmm. you hang out with people who are constantly ragging on it and, you know, making fun of everybody who has it, then you're going to sort of water seeks its own level, you know?
0: So what was the moment that you changed? Was it hiring this coach?
1: Well, that was a huge step in it, but it was when I just, I really, you know, it was, it was this ironic, incredibly not funny joke on me that, you know, I didn't want to make money. The main focus of my life. I was in a band. I was, you know, hiking all the time. Let's talk about the name of your band real quick. Crotch? Yeah. Well, that was one of them.
0: Great band. Thanks. Great band name. We're going to post that video because I like the oh, music video thanks. of Crotch. Oh, the Crotch video. So hiking in a band. You did thing. In a band cool doing
1: what I you know, what I love to do and I didn't want to make my focus in life about money. But meanwhile, because I was so broke, every decision I made was based on how much it cost. I was obsessed with money. You know, when you're broke, you oh, got yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> you order stuff off the menu that you don't want because it's the cheapest. You know what I mean? And now that I have money, I never think about money. So... It's a great misconception that people have. So what are some of the other tactics? You know, you wrote a
0: book about this. You're a badass at making money. So what else do you use to shift the mindset of, you know, being broke and having to choose what to order off the
1: menu to actually making real money? First, I got clear on what my personal judgment and issues were about money. So I actually do an exercise in, in You Are a Badass at Making Money that I also did in You Are a Badass. I plagiarized myself. But this is the only one I repeated because I thought it was so powerful, is where you write a letter to money as if it's a person. Remember that? Yeah, have you done it? I need to do it again. Yeah, I, I do did it. do it. It's, yeah. it's very sobering. Okay, so <laughs> you write a letter, Dear Money. Dear Money, I love you. I wish I had more of you, but I don't trust you, and I feel dirty, even admitting I want you, you know, most, pe- if you, you know, most people have a really push pull relationship with money. Oh yeah. And if you don't have any money, you probably have more of a push relationship, than pull. but uh, to, you have to get clear on what your specific issues are. So then you can be like, Oh, look at that. I don't trust money. So what does that mean? Then you, then you, you start to sort of break it down and figure out like, why don't I trust it? Because I feel like I make it sometimes, but then other times I don't. And I don't feel like I, ne- I can ever keep it, whatever. So you sort of get clear on your neuroses around money and then you s- prove yourself wrong.
0: So I grew up in an affluent community mm. and a lot of people around me who had money didn't turn out the greatest. Mm-hmm. That's one of my neuroses. So that how- you're going to
1: turn into a big old jerk if you get- make a lot of money?
0: Yeah, or just that, like, you know, my family will be just disastrous and my priorities will be messy.
1: I know a lot of other people with money that have done really great things yeah. in the same community. Right. So, so that's a perfect example. So you catch yourself on I know one of my things is is that it's going to be messy and gross if I make a lot of money and then you're like, but I also know a lot of people who do great things. Where you place your focus is what becomes real. Literally there are so right now there are a trillion different things we could focus on. Where you train your focus becomes your quote unquote reality. So we all have the choice to focus on all the horrible things people do with and for money or all the amazing things that people do with and for money.
0: And since you've had money, what's changed
1: for you? Uh, You know, it just, it's easier. It's so much easier. Like I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't spend it on a lot of stuff. I'm kind of a Spartan, although I just bought a really nice house. (laughs) Congrats. Thanks. But uh, I just everything's easier and I can treat people to stuff and I can donate to a lot more charities I feel strongly about and I can stay in nicer hotels and it's just easier. You know, that's great. Yeah. So you write this letter to money Mm -hmm. and then what do you do with the letter? Then you look at the, then you catch yourself and, oh, look, that's a really negative belief I have about it, like you just did. Mm-hmm. And then you say, how can I focus differently? What can I focus on that would shift me away from that thing that's that's gripping me and holding me back from allowing myself to make money? Because if you truly think that things will get messy if you make a lot of money, you're even though you'll go out there and try to do everything you can to make money if you've got this like thing in the pit of your gut that's like i really kind of don't want it you're not going to let yourself get very far so how do you make
0: more money if you're in a 9 to 5 job that's kind of set that's kind of set or yeah or you sign a contract for the year mhm
1: you know everybody talks about the side hustle, side hustle. i'm not yeah. a big fan of the side hustle you i know okay. i feel I, I think it's good as a stepping stone but i sure as hell wouldn't want a full time job and a side hustle i like to hang out too much, you know? Yeah. So So, unless you're making the side hustle, if it's a segue, you know, hopefully you're going to like make the side hustle, the full hustle. Yeah. But to answer your question, uh, you, when you're in a nine to five, you are not in control of how much you make. So that's just the bottom line there. So you either have to ask for a raise, find a better position within the company, maybe see if you can start making commission, maybe create your own job in there. Like there's certainly creative things you can do without a doubt. But at the end of the day, it really is somebody else's call what you make. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, it is your call.
0: Mm, love it. So why I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> but side hustle. So you're mm-hmm. you're, you're more interested
1: in, so you don't necessarily believe to make a lot of money, you have to work your butt off. Hell, you have to no. Trust. Oh my gosh, no. I work so much less than I ever did now that I make money. That's awesome. When I was a freelance writer, I was hustling my butt off all the time. Oh, well, I love that you're a freelance writer. Oh my I remember gosh. that. Oh yeah, yeah. I worked my butt off and hardly made any money.
0: I hardly got paid. Okay, so all the young ladies who've been emailing <laughs> me about wanting to be a freelance
1: writer—the mm-hmm. reality
0: is, you don't make a lot of money, no, and you hustle your butt.
1: No, 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 no. That's I've been not a lot of what letters. I'm saying. I'm saying I didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you certainly can. There, you can make great money doing anything. You can. Yes. But it's a hard path. It depends. True, no, I don't want to see that's a belief that I don't want to spread. (laughs) Okay, this is great. Jen is
0: giving me life coaching on the podcast. I'm getting
1: this is really important.
0: The other thing you talk about that I found really helpful is the mindset around gratitude. Mm. Were you always a gracious person, or did you add gratitude and did that then change?
1: I added, uh, you know. I've lived such a cushy life, you know, really compared to the rest of the world. I've had a really smooth. And I've always been aware of that. But I got much more into stopping and taking note and appreciating things so much more when I started doing all this work and all the self-help books are like, you gotta be grateful. Then so I was like, fine, I'll be grateful. But it is the thing that it is it does is it retrains your focus, like I was talking about before, because when you're in gratitude, you're focusing on what you're psyched about that's coming down the pike, what you already got that you're excited about, uh, finding the lessons and the stuff that sucks. Like it shifts your focus and that's everything. It's so easy. It really is so much about shifting your focus. So what seminars did you go to that were impactful? Oh my god! Did you go to Tony Robbins? I haven't been to Tony Robbins. I would love to go to his. You know, honestly, like not anything anybody's ever heard of. I lived in LA at the time and there was just, you know... Didn't swing a dead cat without hitting a hitting a life coach for the seminar. <laughs> it's Still like that. There's a lot of life it's still coaches. Like well, yeah, you know it's so funny. I live in Santa Fe now, and it's supposed to be you know like the woo woo capital of the world. And I was like, honey, go to LA. Like LA has so much more of that stuff going on.
0: Show me like all of my friends are life. I mean, there's a lot of people. Hey, I know everybody's who are a life, life coach in LA. I so know. yeah, how how do you
1: pick your coach? You know it's crapshoot. It's like picking any, anything else, but I have chosen them really by seeing them speak that that's sort of like, if inip- cause the thing is nobody's saying anything new. There's not a whole lot more out there than what we've already discovered about shifting your focus and your energy and la 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 la. But it's the way that somebody says it. And it, you know, you can hear one thing a million times and somebody suddenly says it in a certain way and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You need a girl in a punk rock
0: band who who said it. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break to hear about our sponsor. When we come back, we'll talk about the hilarious times Jen has failed, her approach to failure, advice on how to start now and so much more. Stay tuned. This episode was brought to you by Altesa, a series of outdoor events designed for women who long for a life of discovery. So whether it's committing to a three-day weekend retreat on a mountaintop or an energetic one-day outdoor festival featuring female artists, music, and speakers, Altesa has your outdoor aspirations covered. The great thing about Altesa is women from all walks of life come to connect or even reconnect with themselves and each other in the outdoors i be at some Altessa events this summer, and I'm really stoked to be part of this amazing event series. There's also some great brands involved who make this event possible and are helping lead various activities. So thanks to partners like Subaru of America, Garmin, Osprey, Sea to Summit, Smartwool, The North Face, Hydro Flask, ProBar, Solomon, Maui Gym, Black Diamond, Yakima, Olakai, Roxy, Igloo, and Leatherman. Find more about the REI Altesa events at Altesa.com. That's O-U-T-E-S-S-A dot com. So the other thing you talk about that made me really happy is, is you know, on this show, I think, I think right now, in general, a lot of people are afraid to embrace failure, especially in the adventure world. We don't talk mm-hmm. about it enough. And you seem to have really embraced failure. Like you seem to have failed a lot. Well. No, but you, <laughs> you, you, you know. I think one of the funniest was you tried to be a lesbian, but you failed, uh-huh. which I think is pretty epic. And you came up with an amazing title of that book,
1: "The Straight Girl's Guide to Sleeping with Chicks." Yeah, that's yeah.
0: awesome. And you're a badass. I think I read it. We googled it. Eres un chingón in Spanish. Mm-hmm. How do you say it in German? Do der hammer.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I know. You know, what's so funny is I was trying to trademark it uh, internationally because it's in a whole bunch of languages, but I can't because badass doesn't translate into all these other languages. I know it's
0: Chingon in um, Spanish and hammer in German. And I think it's the number six in Italian. Whatever. (laughs) Failure. Like Mm -hmm. how how can
1: we be more okay with failure? Because that scares me. Failing. Because it means you're alive and you're trying, you know, that I would, what am I, I remember a friend of mine, like in high school, he was asking out some girl and he's like, you know, I'll feel so much worse if I don't even ask her out than if she totally makes fun of me and says no. And I was like, that is some evolved stuff right there for like a 16 year old boy to say. Yeah. But that's what it's all about. I mean, it's like you know when you're when you're hiking up the you know some huge hill with your backpack on you're out of shape and oh my god but and then you do it you know you may fail on the way up and stop eight trillion times and not make it that day but failure is the road to success so if you don't fail you're not going to get success was there any experiences in failure on your way to writing these books oh my god countless yeah I mean, honestly, just even getting started, I I am I am a huge once I'm sorry I don't think of it as procrastination because now I really have embraced it as my process. Yeah. But I have to be under a deadline that is so petrifying and short, and I create it. They give you eight months to write a book, and I've written all mine in a month. So I know it's, I went to this college in Colorado where you take one class a month. Colorado College. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I looked at that school. I almost thought oh, there's awesome. gone. Oh, I know that's I, how I got my love for the West. Like you get a vacation every month. It's the most yes. brilliant school. And then you're out in Colorado and you're by all the cool stuff to go. I know. I just, outside. I just went to Atlanta because of CNN, but yeah. that school
0: was second on my
1: list. Oh, uh, It was a great, great, great school. And that is where I learned how much I love hiking and being outside because I'd never seen a mountain. I thought I'm from New York and I'd never been out West before. And then I was like, Oh, wait. So I that's like, that's a mountain. I like this writing
0: process. Cause we were just talking about this today. Like, I realize I do so much more when my time frame to do it is less. Yeah, totally. So it's called focus. Yeah, but how do you how do you schedule that in if you don't have a deadline? Do you just make them up? Oh, uh,
1: or do you have an accountability partner or a coach? Accountability partner is good. I'm really big into chunking things down, so I know if I if I put the whole day aside to write, I will spend eight hours screwing around and a collective forty five minutes writing. So I. Do it in increments where I have I have to write for 20 minutes and I am unauthorized to get up and pee or check an email like that, 20 minutes. And I've gotten really good at being so serious about it because I know it's not just about holding out for those 20 minutes. It's about my whole life if I ever want to accomplish anything. Did you ever see that movie Touching the Void? About the guys who are ice cli- who are climbing this glacier, and one of them has to cut the rope. Yes, 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 that one, that movie. Anyway, it's, the, it's a long story. I actually wrote about it, and you are Badass it. at yep. making money because and the watch, yeah, the watch, right? Yeah. And so he did. it. I was like, oh my god, you he's can tell it that down. story for those
0: people. Oh, okay,
1: who, yeah. So he's basically. I mean, it's laughable how many. It's so bad every time like something happens to this guy, you think it can't get worse, and it gets so much worse. It almost cracks you up because you are like, this is ridiculous. This poor man. Anyway, so he's like trying to hike out of this glacial situation with a broken leg and no food, and he's peed all over himself, and then he has like a really bad song stuck in his head, was like the cherry on the Sunday. But he he chunks it down. The only thing that he kind of had left was his watch, and he had and he would set it for twenty minutes. He'd be like, okay, I've got to get to that clump of snow in the next twenty minutes, or all is lost. And he would force himself to get there, and then you know. He'd drag his carcass up there and then he would, he would make it in those 20 minutes and then he'd rest and he'd be like, okay, now in the next 20 minutes I got to get there. And I mean, cause if he looked at that whole expanse that he had to cross, he never would have done it. He would have psyched himself out, but you can do anything for 20 minutes. So you chunk your time. Yeah. You have deadlines. Yeah. Do
0: you do any spiritual things before? Like, do you meditate? I would really like
1: to pretend that I do, but I don't. <laughs> No, not with writing. With writing, I am just I am a machine once the clock ticks into a month away for some reason. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any like spiritual routines? I do, but I'm not I, routine is not what I would call it. Yep. Like I I in mean, practices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I do meditate. I hike almost every day. I walk a lot, just, I don't, What's walking? like, I guess when you're in town, you're taking a walk, but when you're in the mountains, you're hiking. <laughs> Adventure walking. Adventure walking, right. You know, I have a dog, so I'm always running around with him and yeah. So a lot
0: of my friends asked if, if I got a chance to talk to you to talk about hangups. So mm. a lot of them have this, and I do too, you know, if I lost X pounds, you know, had this kind of man in my life, had a kid, wrote a book, you know, had this xxx. I would be happy. Mm-hmm. Where do you start to break that
1: cycle, where it's always around the bend, and you can't possibly be happy with what you have now? Yes, you. It's a decision, like anything else. Like how how how's that working for you? You know, yeah. I mean. We have choice every single second of every single day. We have a choice on where we're going to focus, what our attitude's going to be, what we're going to think, what we're going to believe. And and the transformative nature of those choices is so profound and we don't, it's so easy to change your life that way and so easy to change your whole situation. And I know it sounds super airy-fairy right now, but... Try it. You know what I mean? It sure as hell beats the hell out of working your ass off and bitching and moaning and and living in a reality you don't enjoy. I saw a TikTok
0: you did and you asked everyone to turn to the person next to them and tell them the one thing that scares them the most that would change their life Mm -hmm. the most and go do it. Mm -hmm. And then you challenge them to do it in what that week. Yeah, maybe even that day. Can we challenge listeners of wild ideas worth living to go do that definitely so think of one thing that scares the crap out of you that will make a positive change in your life and do it this now. week
1: now <laughs> Now Jen says <laughs> stop now. listening and go do it yeah because that really is what it is is the is the willingness to to do something different and scary because you got to where you are right now by doing whatever it is that you're doing. And what's the first step telling someone or writing it down or deciding to do it, deciding that you are not screwing around, that you are sick of whatever it is that you're doing and how you're living and that you're excited to change your life and you're available to fail if that's what it takes, but you're going to do it. And that excitement, I mean, it's a rush, you know, that, that, we're, we're always talking about fear and how it holds us back. But fear is the compass that gets you out of your comfort zone. Because if you're not scared, you're doing something wrong because you're scared because it's unfamiliar because you've never done it before. So it's a good sign if you're scared, you know, and and the feeling of fear and the feeling of excitement, are it's the same feeling. You feel it in the same part of your body. So that's what you're going for is equal parts terrified and equal parts psyched because that's that's the sweet spot that, and you just go. So- You've written,
0: you're a badass, you're a badass at making money. Is the next going to be like, you're a badass at love
1: or? I haven't decided yet. (laughs) You haven't decided. Uh
0: Uh You're a badass at surfing. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe. We could try that Uh or hiking. Uh Uh Okay. I really want you to share another story from the book because I think everybody should go out and buy your badass at making money. Maybe you could tell the goat story. Your publicist suggested that that would be a good
1: one for the REI crowd. So when I wrote the original You Are a Badass, I was living on a farm outside of San Francisco. And uh, part of the deal was if I was going to live, it was like a 17 acre farm. And there was this beautiful house on the top of the hill that overlooked the land with glass windows. But I had to take care of their two goats and their horse. And it was perfect because you don't want to be alone when you're riding, but you can have people around. So I got yeah. to hang out with the animals. It was, and you it like was, animals. Oh, God, I loved it. Anyway, so they were all very, we were like a cartoon, like the goats are obsessed with me. The horse was obsessed with the goats. So every time I left the house, we were just like this little clump, this cartoon clump around the property. And one day I went into town and I came back five hours later and, um, the horse was standing in the driveway by himself and I couldn't find the goats. And I I thought it was so weird. I was like, why aren't they all together? Like they're (laughs) always together. And, part of the togetherness was whenever I was inside riding, the goats would stand on the porch on their hind legs and bang on the glass, the sliding glass doors to try to get into the house. And I mean, they were big animals. So I hear them banging on the glass doors. You know, I'm standing in the driveway with a horse trying to get into the house. And I'm like, why are they trying to get in if I'm not in there? Like, they, it's I'm the prize. And then I was like, oh my God, they're not trying to get in, they're trying to get out. Because oh. I looked up and I saw them by the front door and... Oh, my God. I honestly have never seen... for for a good time, um, lock two full grown goats in your house for five hours and see the destruction. It was the most thorough job I have ever seen. They peed and pooped on everything, everything like in my shower, on the bed. They knocked over every single potted plant. They everything. I had dishes drying on a towel on the counter. They pulled that off, smashed them all over the place. They even hopped up and down and knocked all the paintings off the walls. Like it was it was impressive. And so the, what I put. In the book was, you know, these guys did not take no for an answer. They did not succumb to, you know, the rules of society that they were outdoor animals only. They had a dream. They went for it. And they did a really good job when they got there.
0: That is such an epic story. And your yeah. your book is full of epic stories. I really just love that you were in a punk band, too, back in the
1: day. So glad I did that. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm not in one now. <laughs> Do you still play music? I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't. And I've thought like I should, and I kind of don't feel like it. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. I smell uh, if I smell
0: like uh, just bus fumes, I cringe because right? I spent a summer on a tour bus and I just can you never did it already. I can never do it again. I don't even like going to live shows that much. Um, yeah, it's weird, it's but I loved it while I did it. Me too. Uh yeah. so we ask all of our guests a couple of quick and dirty questions. If you could throw any party, you know, who's coming, where is it, what kind of food are you having? Oh my gosh. What sort of of party are you having?
1: Okay, well, I just, um, I'm in the middle of renovating my awesome house, so totally beat my house. It would be, I really feel like I'm an art collector with a gallery and my art pieces are humans and I have collected the most incredible masterpieces from all over the world, so I gotta say, like, not the most exotic thing, but my house, all the people I love, and Dolly Parton. That's it. 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 would just be like everybody I love and Dolly Parton. What kind of food are we eating, and what music is playing? Neil Young would be playing, Aww. and um, probably Italian food.
0: Awesome, I love it. <laughs> if you could go back and you know tell fifteen year old
1: Jen one piece of advice, what would you tell her? Don't worry so much. That's great. I advice. was a real worrier. Well, me too. I had to have everything figured out and I didn't, and it really bugged the hell out of me. And
0: you came from like a pretty successful family. Dad is yeah. a doc- doctor.
1: Doctor, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself and just, I, yeah, I just, I was really in my head. I feel like a lot of 15 year olds do. Yeah,
0: I do too. What do you think about, you know, social media today and how it's affecting people?
1: You know, I don't know enough young people to know how it's affecting them. And I think that they're much more involved in social media than Mm -hmm. us older folks. But I, I think, man, I think, I I think sadly that it does pull you out of the experience. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's sad because it takes you out of the present moment and that you're really like, you have to suck your brain back out. Like you could hear it pop when you like, turn off the phone and get out of the computer. It's almost like we really do have virtual reality and reality, reality. Do
0: you have like technology breaks or kind of have little parameters for how you interact with technology? Cause I imagine you get, I mean, I get a lot of mail about yeah. this podcast. I imagine your inbox is just flooded daily. I
1: hired someone to answer all my emails. Oh, it was sorry. the greatest thing I've done for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. It makes, you know, it makes me feel like I've been, you know, when you watch too much TV, you feel slimed and depressed. I don't like it. So I'm so grateful for it because I got to live all over the world and I, you know, run my business on my computer and I love it. And I'm so grateful for for that, but I got to watch it because it doesn't make me happy.
0: So you have lived all over the world. I want to go back to that because you've traveled everywhere and lived everywhere. If you could live anywhere besides New Mexico,
1: where would you live? Oh my gosh. Um, there's so many cool places. Probably somewhere that's warm all the time. And I don't know where that is, or I'd probably be living there, like somewhere that's... Where do you like to go back and visit? I'm, I'm going, well, right after I say that, I'm going back to Iceland, <laughs> which is the opposite of warm all the time. Have you been to Iceland? I haven't been okay, yet. Okay, outdoorsy folks. I know. Holy Frijoles. That awesome. place, I went for my 50th birthday, and I... You're 50? I'm old. Jen looks really good. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm 52. I'll be 53 this year. Gotcha. Thank you. But Iceland, I mean, whole, and rent a camper van because once you get out to where all the good hiking is, um, it just takes forever to get back into town and there's not, they don't have the infrastructure for all the tourists that are there. But man, is that place incredible. We
0: had on photographer Chris Burkhardt, who's really famous for uh, shooting Iceland. It uh, looks amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. You, you were born in mid 60s. So you were around during very good music.
1: I was around for the 80s, which is awesome. Although well, my 70s, lifelong I feel like. regret is not seeing Led Zeppelin. That was oh. like the only band I so am sad I never got to see. But I got to see Prince and I got, you know, you 2 back in the day. I've seen all the good 80s. So what are you looking forward to most next? So many things. Being able, Traveling more travel. I'm doing a. I'm writing a bunch of comedy with a bunch of my friends. Yes. which I'm really psyched about where it's like it's not motivational necessarily, although I am kind of preachy. But uh, yeah, just like sitting around laughing my ass off with the people I love. How like, does that work? Like, because that's actually my bucket list. It's just pure really comedy. Am? Well, I'm working on a screenplay and I'm working on a TV show that I'm going to act in with my friend. So, um, I mean, right now we're just literally hanging out and laughing and putting things on the page. (laughs) And so you just do this at your house in New Mexico? Well, actually, neither of them live there. They've come and both of them are coming out. One of them just came out. They come out and stay with me and we work on it. But we do a lot of stuff over the phone. I love it. We're scheduled and very serious about it. It's going to be good. This is a cheesy question. I'm just Mm going to say that, but you
0: have embraced cheesiness and made it cool. If you could fly an eco-friendly plane around the world and Mm. it had one message, what's your message?
1: I'm just going to steal the Nike. Go for it. Like, go for it. What do you, just see what you can get away with. That's my message. In my voice is, don't make such a drama over going for what you want and, you know, whining about how scary it is and how you can't because yada, 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 just see what you can get away with. Like, make it fun. Just be like, I'm just going to see if I can be in a punk band, even though I've only been playing the guitar for five minutes and make a big fetch idiot out of myself on stage. I'm just going to see if I can make art and, and sell it for lots of money. I'm just going to see if I can, you know, get my dream job. Why not?
0: Thank you so much, Jen. You can now get your badass at money in paperback, which is so much better to travel with. Lighter weight fits in your backpack. Right. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Remember Jen's challenge? What is the one thing that scares you the most that will have the most positive impact on your life if you start today? Okay. Go do it. After this interview, I went with Jen to dinner and then to her book signing at Warwick's. And she said some things that really resonated me at her book talk. First, she said, if you're a creative, it's really hard to be creative when you're always stressed out about money. She said, if you're the kind of person that has a lot of passions and interests and you don't know where to start, Jen said, if you're interested in making money, pick the one thing you love that's going to make you the most money. You'll eventually get to do more things, but pick one now focus. She said the word decision literally means to cut away. So start, decide, pick one thing for now. You can always do something else later. Also, when you do figure out what you want to do, she said, you might not know the end game. Just like she had no idea she was going to write two New York Times bestselling books. But the key is you got to get in the game. So get in the game today. To you, listening, listening, Thank you so much for listening to the show, for subscribing to this podcast, for encouraging me to also go after the things that scare the heck out of me and make positive changes in my own life. Thank you to Jen Sincero for being so awesome, writing these great books and meeting me in person and hanging out with me at the Surf Diva Surf School before your book tour in San Diego. Thanks also to Izzy and Coco of Surf Diva for letting us use the gorgeous dolphin room to record this episode. Thank you to REI for not only sponsoring this show, but for making extended sizes for tall people like Jen and people of all sizes and carrying brands who also outfit men and women of different shapes and sizes. Okay. To you, I love it when you write reviews on Apple Podcasts and on iTunes, but what I also love right now is when you just subscribe to this podcast. So whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just hit subscribe and don't forget The best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest idea. So go do it. We'll see you next week.